Welcome to Season 4 of the Social Pros Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Integrated PR Software from Cision, by the easy-to-use farm builder, FarmStack, by the relational data miner of target customers, Affinio, and by the social marketing promotions and management tool, ShortStack. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, back from the fantastic and sunny lands of Portugal, joined by my compadre, the sad, long-suffering Cleveland sports fan, Mr. Jeffrey K. Roars, who so ably, so ably held down the fort on my vacation absence. Mr. Roars, how are you? Oh, I would be so much better if my Cavs were world champions, but alas, there's only so much you can do when three of your starters are out and you're playing with three uh, former New York Knicks. But uh, it was a great <laughs> run. We will be back. And, uh, Jay, I did try and uh, buy you some grass-fed meats. Um, and from our friends at uh, Tyner Pond, oh, yes. Chris Girl Baggett, thing. our serial entrepreneur friend, he is a uh, investor in that. But um, alas, uh, apparently uh, Bloomington is outside of their delivery area for gift cards. So I am trying to uh, uh, figure that out and tweet Mr. Baggett because I would love nothing more than to uh, support an Indiana company in your backyard, but they have to deliver to Bloomington first. Thank you. Well, that was, ladies and gentlemen, who didn't catch that episode, that was our wager on the NBA Finals, that if the, if the, Warriors, if the, or if the Warriors won, it was grass-fed meat coming my way. So that's a, you just have to load it up in your car and come visit. It's yes, it, is, we'll it is a hashtag now. It is hashtag meat bet. Well, you know, I will be out there, of course, for Content Marketing World, and uh, uh, we are driving this time uh, uh, for reasons that are hard to, hard to fathom, so I can load up my rental car with grass-fed meat at that point. I'll, I'll let you slide on this wager uh, until September. Well, I'm going to work hard to get that uh, that gift certificate because I've heard good things about their stuff. So uh, we'll see. Oh yeah, yeah. I've actually uh, hooked up with um, uh, with Chris in the past, face to face, to to do some uh, illicit meat handoff. And uh, yeah, that that is some some serious stuff. Their pork is amazing too. Um, I'm picturing doing, doing it right. I'm picturing you guys by some sort of port in like trench coats with the trunks of your car open. And aviator sunglasses. Is that how the the meat handoff went off? It's went? very much of a Mission Impossible kind of a thing, where um, you know it self-destructs in, in eight seconds. It's it's spectacular. It really is. Oh, well, I will be there with binoculars the next time it happens. So you, uh, we have all kinds of announcements on the big show today. Uh, after how long we've we been doing this? Two and a half years, something like that. S- something like that. Yeah. So Mr. Jeffrey K. Roars uh, is departing from uh, our longtime patron. Uh, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and tell everybody what you're going to be doing next. Yeah, so I, uh, by the time you hear this, I will have assumed uh, the role of Chief Marketing Officer for Yext, Y-E-X-T, uh, in New York City. I'm actually going to be uh, doing the commuter thing uh, from Cleveland, which is not unlike my current role, as you know, Jay, uh, traversing the globe. It's just I'm going to trade that for the uh, direct flight on United uh, to uh, Newark and then uh, Uber over to uh, Madison Square Park area. And um, very excited. Those guys are the, the leaders in digital presence management. And uh, if, if you uh, you know search uh, for your business location and you notice that information is wrong, that's largely because the way that uh, search engines stitch together 
third-party location data is um, is challenging. You know, there's a lot of wrong information out there, and those guys have developed a solution for companies to be able to manage it at scale. So think about large franchises and other organizations with lots of locations. It uh, makes things a little bit more sane and turns those locations from being just kind of flat and uninteresting into promotional opportunities. So excited to join the gang over there. They've built a great machine, have some stuff in the pipeline that's going to be cool, and get to build a team. And um, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm really fired up for you. I think that's a terrific opportunity. Not sure how much I, I want to fly into Newark every week, but you know what? You uh, you shall. You <laughs> it's shall. Better than that's yeah, actually Newark's. That's their tagline: Newark Airport. It's better than LaGuardia. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It it is high on authenticity as a tagline. No question about it. Uh, massively, massively, massively uh, appreciate everything you've done uh, for the show over the last two and a half years. Going to miss you terribly, but I know that we will stay in touch. Uh, all the time. However, I am super fired up that you, you would not leave me hanging. You don't bring me flowers anymore. You have recruited from within the annals, from within the monster that is a Salesforce marketing cloud, a replacement that is equal to the task. In fact, may be an upgrade for the Social Pros podcast. He is joining us here today, making his debut today as a guest next week. As a co-host, it is, ladies and gentlemen, Drumroll, please. The new co-host of the Social Pros Podcast, Mr. Adam Brown. Woo! Jay, that is one heck of an introduction, and these are some big shoes to fill, but I am going to, to do my best. We are, we are also very excited on this next chapter of, of, of Jeff's unbelievable career. And I am going to do the best to share some of the insights and wisdom that I have, obviously complemented with your amazing omniscience and omnipotence, Mr. Bayer. Well, I appreciate that very much. Uh, Adam is the executive strategist at Salesforce.com. He hails uh, from Austin, Texas. We're breaking up the Midwestern uh, digital media mafia, uh, and we're branching off into the cool kids area of Austin. Adam, tell the folks at home uh, what executive strategist means. That That is a fantastic title because it is a, is a title without specificity, which is the best kind. Uh, what, what does that mean? You know, I always love titles that are deliberately vague. So I think that's one of the reasons I like executive strategists. But Jay, one of the, the things I, one of the many things I do is sit down uh, with our customers and talk to them a little bit about social media and, and kind of help them because of the experience that I've had, kind of help them make, make the right decisions. Uh, I've been with Salesforce for about two years. Uh, and absolutely love it. Fantastic organization, great technology, great people, most importantly. Uh, before this, I led a social at Dell for about three years. In fact, that's what brought me here to the uh, city of Austin, Texas. And uh, before coming to Austin, I lived in Atlanta for about 15 years. And, and while there, I led social media at the Coca-Cola Company, uh, digital communications for about four years. So, so I like to joke that I started in sodas went to servers, and now I'm at Salesforce. So if anything does happen after this, uh, and obviously one of the reasons I, I, I chose to help with the uh, podcast here is because it also starts with the letter S. And I think next you, you will be the uh, Minister of Communication for the Government of Siberia. I like that. On this, on this career path. I love it. 
so you've had an interesting an interesting path because you've had prominent roles in B2C companies, um, certainly Coca-Cola, uh, Dell, which has both B2C and B2B uh, tentacles, and then Salesforce, which is predominantly a B2B play. Now that we've got a lot of water under the bridge and time in the saddle and social, what do you think the, the difference today is between the B2C uh, approach and the B2B approach? I think that's a great question. I think there's a lot of convergence right now. I think if you were to have sat down maybe three or four years ago, uh, we would have looked at the proverbial B2C social media play, the Facebooks uh, and the Twitters, and then you would have had your, your more B2B plays, the forums, the communities, LinkedIn to a lesser extent, uh, specific committees for, uh, for IT professionals. But I think we recognize now that, uh, that, that our, our customer, our consumer, is really kind of platform agnostic, if you will. They're everywhere, which means even if you're a B2B play, you've got to make sure that you're getting your message across. I mean, here I am, and even when I was at Dell doing a lot of small, medium business, what's one of the first things I did every morning? Well, I fired up Facebook. What's one of the last things I did before I went to bed? I looked at my Facebook feed. And even though I was a business person and a B2B play, I was still using those consumer uh, platforms. I think the other big play is, of course, this convergence of paid, earned, and owned. Um, certainly, the uh, the social media players like like Twitter and Facebook that are trying to drive revenue have a little bit to do with that. But I think that's really changing the way that, that our customers and even businesses like like ours are, um, are are using and leveraging social media to reach that to reach that person, and then going beyond social and looking in digital and then traditional media. And no question, I think that the. The time of this being more about the media and less about social is upon us. Even since I left on vacation and and, uh, and Jeff did some some solo episodes, uh, you know we we see Instagram coming out with um, ads available for all and Pinterest buy button and now Twitter talking about really overhauling uh, what they're about to make it more of a direct response monetized uh, platform. Uh, everybody is looking for the dollars now and and that. Uh, may, I think, shift the balance of power toward paid and away from earned, which could be very, very interesting. And I'm, and I'm waiting to see uh, the backlash from, from the natives, right, who say, well, we just want this to be a conversation place, want it to be a clubhouse, and now it's all about the cash. But that's always true, right? That always happens uh, at some point in business, um, maybe not always for the best, but it's going to be an interesting ride here in the next year or so. I think so, and I think there is a level of acceptance. I think one of the things that I'm really interested in seeing is not maybe necessarily how the marketers who are using social media are going to approach this. You know, marketers traditionally have already have paid budgets. They, they've got a couple extra zeros at the ends of their budgets. It's the folks in communications and other parts of the organization that may not have that paid budget how are they going to reconcile that? Are they going to find money in their own departments? Is the marketing folks going to share money with them for them to even just get the same level of efficacy, just get that same level of engagement that they were getting even just a couple of months before? So it's going to be really interesting to see, I think, how organizations deal with this. And, of course, on the other end, to see how the platforms themselves reconcile this and, and recognize that uh, they have changed the game. But, again, as you said, that's, that's kind of what they do. So you have the, the advantage and opportunity to work with a lot of different brands uh, in your role at Salesforce. Looking out into that group of organizations that, that you're familiar with, what do you think are, are some of the places where brands are going off the rails, just don't quite get it yet? What, what are the pain points that you're seeing most frequently? 
there are a couple of different things. I think the first and foremost is uh, being good storytellers. I think sometimes technology gets the best of us. Uh, we think we have the bright, shiny object of the latest and greatest, you know, whether it's a, a paid media device, whether it's a listening device, or even an ability to publish on 37 platforms simultaneously. That is great, and you have to have this technology today to be successful. But if you don't have a compelling content, and if you're interrupting or invading your uh, your customer or your consumer space with a message that sounds, you know, uh, salesy, it's it's not going to work. I, I always love to tell the story from Coca-Cola of what I call the tale of two tweets. You know, tweet number one: Coca-Cola six packs are on sale at your local 7-Eleven. Uh, tweet number two, when you open a Coke, 12,508 bubbles are born. Happy birthday, bubbles. Which, which tweet do you think performed better? Well, I, I, don't, you know, I think we all know it's happy birthday, bubbles. You've got to tell that story. The second mistake I, I often see is that uh, companies who are even doing a lot of work in the social media space are not really using social listening you know, and, and making it actionable. They may be using a social listening tool, but they're creating great PowerPoints and decks and things like that, but they're not making that data actionable to inform either new content, to inform what their competitors are doing, to even inform what platforms and what times might be best for them to continue to, uh, to get engaged and participate in conversations. I know you uh, are, are a big proponent of the power of visuals and have written about it extensively on the Salesforce blog and, and other places. Uh, we've talked about that a lot here on the Social Pros podcast, how just in the last 12 to 18 months, uh, social media has gone from primarily a, a medium that values good writing and concise writing and empathy with the customer to something that is much more akin to a graphic design, uh, visual design enterprise, which has manifest implications for staffing, uh, for metrics, things like that. Do you want to comment on that a little bit and what you're seeing in terms of uh, the primacy of, of visuals in social today? Absolutely. Uh, I think, as you said, you know, visuals can tell a story so much easier than, uh, than, than words. And we all know the statistics about how a, uh, a social media post with visual content is, is, is going to be more engaging. One of the interesting things that we've seen, though, in this kind of evolution of, for example, even Facebook uh, with, with going to uh, paid boosting and other things like that and, and companies seeing their edge rank go down, we have a customer uh, in, in the, um, in the uh, aviation industry who just on January 1st of this year saw their average edge rank go from about 8% to 2% with the same level of content. But they found when they actually used video and they put video content actually not on YouTube and linked it into Facebook, but actually used Facebook's native video uh, player and posting, they actually were getting closer back to that 6 or 7% uh, engagement. So another certainly great benefit of, of using visual content is that it can certainly help you and even maybe kind of break through some of the, the challenges and, I think, uh, gateways that, that, that some of the platforms have created. Now, the challenge of all that is, of course, that visual content is a lot more expensive to produce. So one of the, the, the decisions that a, uh, a social marketer has to make is, am I going to spend a little bit more on the creation and production of this content with the hopes that it's going to get me a higher level of engagement? 
that's such a great point because uh, I think we all understand now that that visuals, at least in this snapshot in time, are more effective. But we often overlook the fact that creating those visuals takes more time, takes more uh, organizational time and resources, and that's not often calculated in the overall ROI consideration. People just say, well, I guess the world has changed, now we've got to make visuals, but they're not necessarily baking that increased cost uh, into the overall assessment of what social is doing for the brand. I think you're right, Jay, and there are a couple of different things that, you know, as social media evolves and being a more mainstream marketing medium, well, there's some alliteration there. Um, <laughs> That, that some people aren't in consideration. You know, as as uh, marketers have to determine and demonstrate their ROI, uh, there are a lot of pieces of social media that I think the average marketer isn't thinking about. Certainly, they're thinking about the big set pieces. They're thinking about, okay, well, if I'm using Salesforce, for example, I have agencies that I'm using, uh, but training. Training is something that's typically not uh, calculated there. This new evolution of paid, like post boosting and things like that. The costs that are typically not being uh, considered, and as I said, the, the cost of production, whether it's video, whether it's uh, just still photography, licensing, things like that, these are things that social marketers haven't had to deal with yet, but are needing to do so. We talk about the intertwining uh, industries of content marketing and, and social media. Uh, we sort of see a convergence, uh, not only from a kind of spiritual perspective, but even from a, a labor perspective in some organizations where the social team and the content team are becoming one team. Are you seeing those same kind of trends with the brands that you're working with? And, and what, is just, what is your uh, prediction for the future there? I think so. And I think you know, by, by putting the idea of content marketing and social marketing together, what you do is you, you get the genesis of what's the most important thing that we were talking about a bit earlier, and that is great storytelling. The content, great content, is, is is so critical. You know, it's that, and that's the art. You know, if it's if it's an art and science play, the art, the art has to come first. The science play, though, is is where things get a little bit different. And we're also seeing even specialties and subspecialties getting that content on the platforms and getting that content on platforms where it can be seen by the most number of people and engaged with the in the most way. That is kind of where the the, the specialties come. Now, I think. As with everything that is becoming normalized, the average marketer is, is understanding that, that social is, is no longer a subspecialty that you have a couple people down in the basement working on. It is something that, because now it's getting larger budgets, every marketer needs to be aware of it. Every marketer needs to be able to calculate that, that ROI. And again, another term that I often use, surround sound, we need to make sure that the conversations and the stories that we're telling and traditional and digital and content marketing are consistent with social so that we can surround sound our, our customer, you know, platform agnostically with that, that same message. So Adam, this is Jeff. Um, I'm always intrigued about kind of the organizational uh, implications of, of evolution here. Um, I'm wondering if you're seeing uh, organizations actually mapping new roles? Um, are they reorganizing and restructuring their marketing departments to these various collaborations they need among social and CRM and content? Or is it really kind of a square peg round hole reality still where we're trying to force these new responsibilities uh, into an existing organizational structure? I think uh, 
I think, Jeff, it's a little bit of square peg, round hole. Um, but we are seeing changes and transitions in three different ways. Certainly within the organization, we're starting to, uh, to see changes between, and I'll, I'll use these two classical terms, the marketing communication marketing department and the communications department. We even see in some instances this evolution of this new chief digital officer who is someone who can be kind of that ombudsman between the, uh, the two organizations. On the agency side, they've been more progressive in this space because they see the dollars uh, associated with it. So you see subspecialty groups um, you know, in the, you know, maybe even at the practice level or even in the specialty level at your PR and ad agencies. And then we see the emergence of completely brand new kind of sub-boutique agencies that are specializing on and in these sorts of, sorts of things. But in terms of how all of them are working together and coming together, there's still a little bit of, I think, tension there. I think there's still a little bit of I don't know what I don't know about what the other folks on the other side of the uh, of the floor or uh, or the agency are are doing, and I think it's going to be important for that to uh, to continue. The, it's the it's the tools that I think in a way can help embrace that bringing everybody together or keeping everybody uh, separate. So that intrigues me because um, one thing it raises is when does a when does a, a company need an agency in social? versus taking it completely internal. Um, you know, when social first came around, agencies jumped on it very quickly, bleeding edge, and they were able to sell on kind of FUD, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Today, the maturity is such um, that a lot of companies have taken back that social um, uh, management because they understand how close it is to customer service, their brand, et cetera. But where are you seeing the agency and consultancy side adding uh, value that can kind of accelerate results for folks? I think we've seen a little bit of kind of inhale and exhale here a little bit. Uh, when uh, when this whole area kind of got started, I was you know, personally pretty adamant about this idea. Anybody who's engaging with a customer or a consumer online needs to be wearing a badge of that respective company. That is something that probably shouldn't be farmed out to an agency or a third party. I will admit over the past couple of years, I've, I've become a little bit less kind of uh, adamant about that that particular message. But what we found, though, is there's still so much and in so many areas, I think, where social marketers need assistance. You know, maybe it is more on the operational side of, of bringing all these together. Maybe it's kind of even change management because, again, this is a cultural change for a lot of companies and organizations. Certainly the, the paid piece really needs to have you know some agency support and then finally because you know by its definition social media is a great issues and crisis communications vehicle um, when you do have heaven forbid an issue or a crisis and you need to be able to scale very rapidly you need to make darn sure that you have an agency that can have you know a couple people to a couple dozen people who can scale and assist very rapidly in, in times of need like that and uh, a question that you're, you're uh, particularly suited to answer is, you know, there's been a lot of consolidation over the last couple of years within marketing technologies as individual players came together in what is being termed marketing clouds, right? The Salesforce marketing cloud, of which you're a part of, is a, an aggregation of uh, exact targets, Radiant 6, Buddy Media, Social.com on the advertising side. Um, I'm intrigued with that view that you have from the inside. Um, 
what you feel now social pros should be aware of in terms of integration points with CRM, how they should be thinking about other you know, cloud technology, sales and service, community, et cetera, um, in order to not only help their job right now, but to be thinking about the future uh, in building their careers. Sure. And, and and Jeff, maybe you and I are a little biased in, in this in this realm. But sure. you know, I, I, fundamentally, <laughs> I fundamentally believe that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts here. You know, the whole holy grail is is we think that that, that customer record. Uh, and now enabling so many different things to to kind of happen in and around it. So that if you are having an engagement with a customer, do you know whether or not that's a that's a good customer or not? So that means you need to have access to that that CRM record. Um, if if it's if it's if you're in a service organization, you certainly need to be able to understand again the importance of that customer from a, from a dollar standpoint, the influence that customer may have. Again, not saying that you're not going to pay attention to people who have under you know what it pick a number here a thousand. Twitter followers or not, but when you're an organization dealing with tens of thousands of conversations a day, and maybe only the resources to respond to one or two thousand conversations a day, you need some science to be able to help you kind of filter that down. And then, and then finally, you know, from a from a sales lead standpoint, um, you know, there's we're beginning to see companies more and more who are beginning to mine social. For, for for sales sales leads, you know whether you're looking for customers that are talking about your product or talking about your competitor's product. Now, this is a, probably a, a topic for an entire other podcast because you have to be very deaf there. Again, you don't want to be invasive and you don't want to be interruptive, and you know you also don't want to you know participate in marketing kind of guerrilla warfare and going to poach. You've got to be very careful, but there are so many keen insights in that, that social stream that can be used to either react and respond to those customers or to help you calculate new content, new strategies, new tactics uh, for not only social, but even any other marketing or communications activity. That's great. I think we're going to uh, let Jay pay some bills, but when we get right back, uh, Adam, I want to ask you a little bit about your personal origin story. So over to you, Jay. The origin of Adam Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, the Social Pros Podcast, the show for real people doing real work in social media, is brought to you by the previously mentioned Salesforce Marketing Cloud. They have a slick new ebook called How to Create a Killer Content Strategy. Apropos of our question a moment ago, uh, there are insights in this book, not only from the great leaders at Salesforce, but also folks like Jason Miller from LinkedIn and Handley from Marketing Profs, Chris Penn from Shift Communications, and yours truly. Jay Bear from Convince and Invert. You can download this ebook, How to Create a Killer Content Strategy, right now for free at convinceandconvert.com slash 14. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number 14. Thanks, as always, to Salesforce. Thanks for sending us Adam as Jeff uh, departs stage left for New York City. Also this week, the show is brought to you by our friends at Affinio. Man, I just love this technology. We've been using it a lot on the consulting side at Convince and Convert. They analyze uh, all, all of the deep network connections of your Twitter followers, of your Facebook fans, of your Instagram uh, accounts to figure out what ties them together 
together. It essentially creates uh, your personas uh, for you. It says, hey, did you know you've got a bunch of kids who are in high school in Italy that are following you? Why is that? And it allows you to figure out micro content executions that you can put out there in social that will appeal to those particular parts of your audience. Really slick, super easy to use, affordable. That's Affinio. Learn more about them at Convince and convert dot com slash nine that's convince and convert dot com slash the number nine also this week the show was brought to you by our pals from indianapolis at form stack i use this all the time myself they are the best at creating forms allowing you to easily uh, test and optimize your forms for conversion rate, etc., uh, they have a terrific, really useful uh, free download called Everything You Need to Know About Form Conversions. Uh, it's their whole benchmark report where they studied hundreds of thousands of, of forms and form completions to figure out what really works. If you want to know which social media-oriented hack boosts form conversions by as much as 189%. You need to download this sucker as soon as we're done talking here today. Go to convinceandconvert.com slash eight. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number eight to grab that for free from our pals at Formstack. Jeffrey. All right, Adam. So uh, you're assuming my seats. So we got to dig a little bit into your psyche, what formed you at those early years <laughs> to actually get into social media marketing. So tell us a little bit about uh, um, kind of your educational background. What is it that you went to school for versus what you're doing now? You know, it's, it's so funny. I've been so lucky to kind of be in the right place at the right time. When, when I graduated from uh, the University of Tennessee, go Vols, um, in, uh, in 1994, wow, that, that seems like uh, a while ago, uh, the internet was was really just kind of getting its sea legs. Um, I think we, um, you know, there really was no internet yet. I think Netscape Navigator had still not been created uh, in, in 94, but I went, graduated bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and went work for a uh, for an ad agency. And being the youngest and cheapest guy on the totem pole, um, there was this thing called America Online, and we had a customer, actually Days in Hotels, who wanted to be online, uh, which meant you were going to have a very much brochure where one you know, black and white pixelated graphic on, uh, on AOL back in those good old days. And they said, well, hey, Adam's the young whippersnapper. We'll let him do that. And that was really the start of me going into digital. I was at this agency for, uh, for a year or so. I left there to go to a web startup where I got my kind of sea legs and coding. I was coding for Netscape in 1.1N. Um, and was there for a few years, and then I crossed over, Jeff, to the dark side. I went from advertising to public relations, and I joined <laughs> Ketchum PR, where I was uh, for eight years. When I left Ketchum, I was leading eKetchum, their digital media group, and had a phenomenal time. You know, I used to say, "Oh, PR, that's 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 all that smoke and mirror stuff." You know, give me a thirty-second ad, give me a you know, give me a a call to action here. But after those eight years at, at Ketchum, had a completely different respect and understanding of really not just PR, but how both advertising and PR were coming together. After, after Ketchum, as I mentioned at the, the open of the show, I went to Coca-Cola and, uh, and then Dell and, and now at Salesforce. So I've been really lucky to be in the right place at the, the right time. But I think one of the things that 
that uh, you know helps me when I talk to to customers is is kind of having a little bit of pedigree on both the uh, the the, uh, the ad and PR side, and also having been kind of a customer of uh, of, of products like Ray Six, of of Buddy, and of you know of of basically all of our all of our competitors as as well at, at Salesforce and. It's it's been a it's been a wild ride and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. Excellent. So uh, before we throw it to Jay for the big two questions, I've got a couple of my own. I want to know, and you can only give one answer, uh, and give as much explanations as is needed. What is your favorite social media channel for business, and what is your favorite social media channel personally that you use? Favorite social media channel personally is 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 probably going to to be Facebook, and I know that's the the down pat answer, but it's because I've got I think my largest community of 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 friends excuse me friends and followers there, um, and the 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 app is is ubiquitous. In terms of business. Um, I'm say Twitter, uh, and not and not go to to LinkedIn or, or one of the uh, the other ones. Um, I'm I'm really excited and interested in kind of what Twitter is is doing and some of the changes they're making. I spend more time on Twitter every day, where I may visit uh, another social property like a LinkedIn a couple of times a week, and I'm finding that that that, that immediacy and that cadence. Can bow, I think, a lot better. I also think that they're they're doing a wonderful job of of targeting and placement, which I think is going to become more and more important, especially for for B two B. Okay, Adam. Here we go with two big questions that we ask every guest on the Social Pros podcast. Um, you will become familiar with these. The first question: If you could give somebody one tip to become a social pro, what would it be? Listen. Uh, that's the short answer. Longer answers. Listen first. Um, whether you're trying to kind of determine tactics, look and, and and listen to resources like this podcast, like people on uh, on social media plays who are talking about social media, kind of the vortex of the universe, if you will. Listen to what other organizations are doing. Strategically, listen to what your customers, your competitors, and your consumers are doing. Use that data to your advantage. Well said. And the last question that we ask every guest on the show, if you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be and why? Mark Cuban. All right. I just 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 from his from his legacy and pedigree, I spent four years living in Pittsburgh where Mark is from. Obviously, love Shark Tank, uh, and just kind hold of hold on a second. Hold on a second. I have to stop the podcast. I was not aware there was any Pittsburgh connection with Adam <laughs> Brown before I agreed to have him take my seat. I need to rethink this, Jay. I've kept that kind of under wraps, Jeff. I know. I know wow. there's, there's there's a there's a bit of tension between the, oh, the lovely cities of, of Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Oh. oh. I'm so pained right now, but continue, continue. That's right. Well, we we, we can talk about it in therapy, hopefully. Uh, but <laughs> I, that's a, but to back to to Mark, I, I just think he's a uh, and, and I'm a well, I'm, I'm a Cavs fan first, and and Jeff, that's that's not a hat tip just to you, yeah. but okay, it's truly sincerely. Maybe quality. I I also love the Mavs, um, so that's that has another piece of it. But but you Mr. Like the Cavs as well. I mean, just to continue it, so the Cavs, Mavs, the Abs. That's, that's 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 very good. You're in marketing, aren't you? 
I am. But that's why they're kicking me off. Bad puns. That's right. Well, my, of course not. I'm, of course, in Bloomington, Indiana, home of Indiana University, where uh, Mr. Cuban uh, matriculated. He also recently just gave $5 million to the athletic department just about three weeks ago for a brand new state-of-the-art, nobody else in the whole world has it, uh, technology center, uh, which will do all kinds of crazy things, including a 3D scoreboard uh, in assembly hall and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, he's been a terrific patron uh, of the university. And uh, as, a, as a football and basketball season ticket holder, it's uh, nice that he still uh, hangs around campus from time to time. So let's do that. Let's get him on the show. We can make that happen. I think we can. I think we can endeavor to do that. I, I like that. That's that's going to be on my uh, my punch list here. Okay, let's make it happen. Adam, I am super looking forward to uh, working with you on the Social Pros podcast. It's going to be great, Mr. Roars. Uh, I am I am doing the Iron Eyes Cody Crowdal tier right now. I'm thinking about uh, not being able to do this with you on a weekly basis, but I know you're off to uh, bigger and better things, and I know we'll be uh, we'll be hanging out as much as we possibly can. Well, uh, any we'll final get, words for you? Yeah, we'll have to get Mr. Uh, Brown up to Cleveland for, for Content Marketing World the week yeah. of Labor Day, and we could do a live podcast from uh, the Decasaurus and uh, some of those meats that I owe you. Uh, but it has been an honor, Jay. Uh, we have known each other for years prior to working on the podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, I appreciate you uh, lending me the seat these past two and a half years. It has truly been an honor, and uh, I, I think you two are going to uh, take it to bigger and better heights, and I look forward to uh, listening to that happen. Well, we really appreciate your contributions. It's going to be terrific. Adam, next week on the show, we're flipping the script. You're back in uh, in the co-host role, and our guest will be Jim Fields from SAP. So we'll be talking about big brand uh, social media in a B2B context. Uh, Jim's a really smart guy. It's going to be interesting to hear what SAP uh, is doing. That will be next week on Social Pros. Until then, I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. He is Adam Brown from Salesforce. And the departing Jeffrey K. Roars, now of Yext, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Shortstack, Affinio, Farmstack, and Cision, and is produced by Convince and Convert. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.